This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the MBSP, episode number 12. Today, we have a very special episode. I'm, of course, joined by my secondary half, Mr. Joe Nagy. Say hello, Joe. Hello. Hi, everyone. Hi, today. Yes, and that big surprise is we have a guest. It is one of my buddies and pals, a former collegiate athlete at the universe or the at Aquinas College. Hunter Morrison is here. Hunter, hello, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, boys. Thank you for having me. It is no definitely fun to have minute. you guys on the show. But <laughs> it's been a, it's you, been Joe, a fat but it it has been a while. It's going to have a new voice because I feel like people are getting sick of it. Yeah, I think people just want to hear a new voice. But anyway, we're going to get right into it, starting with the coronavirus. We won't spend a lot of time on it because I feel like it's in the news everywhere right now. But um, basically, COVID-19 has kind of pushed us back in our homes for another month or so. And it's kind of a situation where we don't really have much control over it besides what we do around it. We all need to stay home, stay safe, and wash, wash our hands constantly. But I've expressed my opinions about how I felt when our season was canceled. And I, of course, run cross-country and track. So I, had tech, I technically have three seasons, and I got two out of the three before COVID-19. Hunter, on the other hand, he's a baseball player, so his season that he trained for all year was cut short, and I'm sure you don't feel too happy about that, Hunter, but what what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, like you mentioned, we trained all year since moving in back in August, and pretty much every day we'd have a practice two to three hours except on the weekends, but then we were we were down in South Carolina or one of those states, it all went as a blur because it was so fast. But for spring break, we went down to South Carolina in that area. And after one of our last games, a game that I actually pitched in, we got the news that we had to head home because of states going into lockdown. And with Aquinas students being in those states, they wanted all their athletes to be safer and come back to Michigan as soon as possible. So we left. We drove through the night. We arrived at Aquinas College about seven in the morning, which sucks because like we were all exhausted, but yeah, it was like, it all just came so fast. It was crazy. Our coach didn't really know how to originally react to it. Our players were like in shock. We were like, Oh, it's okay. We'll come back in a week and play. And then we didn't. And now we're about four weeks in and nothing. It's been absolutely nothing baseball, which is it's depressing in my world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine like I'm I'm this this seems so much harder for all those the regular spring sports cuz I mean you guys train year round just just to get on the field in the spring and then when it's just taken away, I just can't I can't imagine what the absence of that feels like. It's just it's just crazy because, I mean, some guys, some people got, like, football players, they're not really too bothered because they're, they're probably still going to get on the field later in the right. fall. But it's just – it's 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 crazy. This is something we've never really experienced before. It's all new to us. We we really didn't know how to react to this originally. I mean, it, it was it was shell-shocking, really. And, I, I mean, me and Joe talked about it on our last previous yeah. shows, how we're still trying to figure out what's going on. This is so crazy. Yeah, it's all come up so fast. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But anyway, well, now moving in, we have a little bit of baseball. We figured we could get some baseball while you're on the show, Hunter. Oh, no, so, yeah, definitely. Um, a, a lot <laughs> of present, I guess. have now – what? I said a little present, I guess, for him. Oh, yeah, a little, <laughs> a little present, you could say. But um, as us – Tigers fans, which actually Hunter is not a Tigers fan. He will tell you his team here in a minute. But me and Joe, we had a beloved icon for the Tigers pass away. Al Kaline, Mr. Tiger, has he died, I believe it was a couple days ago at age 85. And 
This one was kind of, this one kind of hit home a little bit because when you think of the Tigers, you think of about a couple of guys right at the top of the head. Al Kaline has to be one of those guys. He was one of the guys that stayed with the organization, played his heart out for the city of Detroit, and absolutely just gave the fans everything they wanted to at a baseball game. He was just a, a great Definitely. leader, a great player. It's just sad to see, Joe. What do you think? I mean, it's tough because when you look at him, I mean, he really was one of the guys that put people in the stands. He was a guy who was just a great player with over 3,000 hits in his career, almost got the 400 home run, 399, and close to a 300 average. I mean, he was one of the guys who, like you said, I mean, he comes with a Tiger name. He's embodied it. There's only a couple guys who I can think of, you know, Mickey, Ty Cobb, guys like that, and Al Kaline is them. And, you know, you feel for for the Tigers organization because although we didn't even get to see him play because we're – we weren't around during that time. You still remember how good he was, and he set the precedent for a lot of these players now. Yeah, for, like for sure. It's it's just it's crazy to think now. Like looking back, is like Al Kaline was a guy that we've that not only we've kind of embodied as an icon, but how many players in this Tigers organization just idolize this guy? I mean. He, he was he was a face of the city of Detroit, not only just in sports, but as the city. He was a guy that embraced the culture in Detroit. I mean, and the guy wasn't he, – he played baseball extremely well, obviously. I mean, he had over 3,000 hits. It's, it's just something that we want to just kind of embrace that no, – that, not that he's now gone, but kind of what his legacy left us because – it's sad, yeah. but at the same time, it's like we can't just mourn over it and be like he he gave us so much that we can remember on, and he gave us a legacy that will last forever. So really, it's not just like him passing away as he's he's now leaving like forever. His legacy will always live on, and I think that's what we should take into yeah. consideration. But Hunter, on the Definitely. other hand. He's kind of got a different. He's got a different perspective because he is not necessarily a Tigers fan. But how do you feel about <laughs> Al Kaline now? So first off, I am a Tigers fan, but I'm much more a Cubs fan, and I've been a Cubs fan long before they won the World Series after the 108 year drought. So okay. I, I can't. None, none of you listeners, well. none of you listeners, can say that I'm fair weather because I am not. I suffered through a 103 game lost season, <laughs> which is rough, but. The 2016 season was much. Hey, better. we can relate yeah, on that. Here. We had uh, Tigers had 114 last season this year. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I also, I also can confirm. <laughs> I can confirm, guys. I've been a friend with of Hunters for a long time now. I can confirm that this guy is one of the most diehard Cubs fans. And if you guys are thinking he's a bandwagon, you are absolutely out of your mind. He's not a bandwagon. I can tr- truly tell you, he will watch every game, regardless of win or loss. And I know how he felt during those seasons before the World Series and how in, just absolutely enjoying that was. So anyway, go ahead, Hunter. I just had to tell the fans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm you could just say that I'm one of the bigger Cubs fans you'll probably meet if you ever meet me. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I would grow up watching games all the time. I, I would obviously want them to win, but I just loved watching the Cubs for some reason. And I guess I, I just want to watch them all the time. And right now with baseball being shut down that's also a depressing state but mm-hmm. i have a feeling they're gonna start it up somehow this season whether it's having no fans at all or just yeah like an exhibition league mm-hmm. i'd be excited to see that but no back to al Kalon and everything what's really worth noting here is in 1955 he was the youngest major league baseball player to ever win a batting champion title mm-hmm Ty Cobb was also a very young one to do this, but Ty Cobb was 12 days older than K-Line when he won the batting title. So Al K-Line, he wasn't just good towards the end of his career. He started out like a magnificent ball player. He started out one of the best already. And obviously he's inducted to the Hall of Fame about 40 years ago, I think, and won around 90% of the voting, which is pretty, pretty good, yeah. especially as a Tiger. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Uncalled for. <laughs> okay, Joe, calm down. Calm down. 
But no, like with 399 home runs, batting 297 in his career, he's he was a complete ball player. And I'm not sure what all he did off the field because I didn't pay attention to the Tigers as often as I paid attention to the Cubs, let alone he wasn't really playing in our generation. But yeah, yeah like you mentioned, he was he was the face of Detroit. I mean, his name is Mr. Tiger, so that's got to have something to say about that whole comparison and what he does on, but what he does off the field and how important that is to the fans, the city of Detroit, and how his legend is just going to carry on because of the Mr. Tiger title that yeah. he's given. Absolutely. And Definitely. he wasn't, he wasn't a slouch in the field either. I mean, he was, he had a 987 career fielding percentage, which is not too shabby at all. I mean, right, he, had, yeah. he had 10 gold gloves. I mean, he, he was just one of the best overall players the Tigers have ever seen as far as fielding, hitting. It was, it was just something that we wish we could keep holding on to, but obviously like he's gone now, but his legacy will forever live on. But Definitely. now kind of, you talked, a, you talked a little bit about um, the season Hunter. Now that MLB is kind of put aside for a little bit. And there was a report that came out that major league baseball is exploring an idea here to possibly start the season in Arizona, kind yeah, of iso- I mean, iso- isolate the league, start to play in Arizona now, because because apparently Arizona statistically is one of the lower um, places with the coronavirus. But that'll just be very interesting to see Major League Baseball play in one state. That'd just be crazy. Yeah, and all the there would be no like home ground everybody would be on a neutral site for those I think they say in around 100 games for the regular season and then possibly having the World Series right around Christmas time which would be awesome Mm -hmm. that would be amazing that'd be something worth experiencing for sure yeah I'm not opposed to that if if it's gonna come around Christmas time I'm not opposed yeah no that'd be a sweet present to get under the tree is watch a World Series game Merry Christmas (laughs) yes I it it is it's not in stone yet. This is just kind of an idea that's going around. But uh, like you said, about a hundred games. That it sounds like there would like the the fan base at these games is going to be pretty much slim to none for at least the start of it. And there's basically it would be a lot of these players, the staff members, the officials. They're all going to be traveled to Arizona. They're pretty much going to be sounds like quarantine in their hotels um, yeah, unless yeah. they're playing baseball, which they'll probably be playing at Chase Field for one, I would assume, because that's pretty much the biggest stadium they have there. And then also the idea of them even playing at training string training stadiums as well within driving distance. So I think that'd be kind of weird to see actual games being played in like spring training stadiums but if it's if it's for getting people back with baseball i say go for it yeah and with the fan base not being able to be the full i don't know forty thousand in attendance for average baseball games the spring training venues they hold like five or six thousand sometimes upwards of like fifteen thousand so like you can fit in a couple fans if you have to do the six foot distancing type thing Mm -hmm. but if they're not really looking at the fan base right now i mean all the spring okay, training fields look- are within an hour of each other. Right. So yeah. you could travel easily and stay in the hotel the whole time. You could just travel to the ballpark an hour away, then come back. I think it'd be a really convenient way of doing it out there because all those super nice ballparks are just right around each other. And yeah, like you said, statistically, it's one of the lower coronavirus outbreak states as of now. And hopefully it stays that way. Mm-hmm. That I agree. That would be a really good place to do it because... Yeah, everything's close together, and it's going to have nice weather. It's going to be really hot, but it's going to be nice weather. So there's going to be baseball every single day yeah. if they choose that choose that option. That is true. But I think we'll try to transition to our last baseball topic on the day-to-day. Alyssa Nacken has etched her name in the history books. She has become the first female coach in MLB history for the San Francisco Giants. Uh, she is supposed to uh, – her – I guess job title is, it says assistant manager uh, under Gabe Kapler. She's supposed to help promote the high performance along with uh, team atmosphere. Uh, What's your guys' thoughts on that? Uh, Well, this is actually interesting. I was reading about this earlier. I think she got hired 
about two and a half months ago. Yeah, around January. January. Yeah. yeah. Mid January. She's been an she's been an intern for the Giants ball club for six years now. And she did a bunch of video type layouts from what the scouting from what the scouts I guess sent in and she would put them together in like almost a highlight film to show the administrative people. And apparently she was super good at her job during those six years, going back and forth between a lot of the video edits and some scouting and some other parts of the job that through talking through the administration people of the San Francisco Giants that she was kind of being interviewed the last six years to see if she could actually become one of the first female managers in MLB history. And look what happened back in January. She, she began to open the door for that, that females are going to probably become managers if not assistant managers, for sure, mm-hmm. for a lot of sports. Yeah, kind of um, opening the door for female coaches now, especially um, as well as um, Katie Sowers, I believe, for the 49ers, who is a part of their their um, champ- their MFC championship staff as well. The Now she's kind of opened the door along with Sowers now that professional sports are starting to gradually or gradually invite female coaches in which is great for great for everybody yeah. to have some sort some sort of um some sort of idea that hey this is possible i i can do whatever i want to do and i can set my mind and dream big but um Nacken is she was a, a fantastic softball player at sacramento state as well she was a three-time all oh that's right three-time all conference four-time academic all-american she ended up getting her master's in sports management. I mean, she she definitely enjoys, like, baseball and softball for sure. I mean, just playing it in college is a very, like, tremendous feat as well. But I, I, I'm all for it. I think this is a, mm-hmm. this is a, cool, a cool way to kind of integrate, um, you could say, kind of integrate even a bigger fan base for the Giants as well now that they have a little bit of a – you, you don't obviously want to make it like a business perspective. Oh, we want new fans. Let's bring in a, a female coach. But obviously I feel like that's going to gradually have a lot of fans go over now to the Giants just because, hey, they have something a little bit different and not like throwing shade or anything. But with their results the last couple of years, they, they could use a little bit bigger fan base, you could say. Yeah. Yes, they could. <laughs> but still, I, I'm all for it. That That's kind of – my thoughts on it. I'm all for it. Definitely. It's definitely turning a, a new page in the book of, of history. You know, I mean, like you said, there's it's starting to happen a lot more in pro sports. I mean, Becky Hammond with the Spurs uh, as well. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's just time that we're stepping into a new part of history that we're kind of, uh, I guess, that glass ceiling, as you could say, is kind of starting to break. And, I mean, I'm all for it because it's going to be exciting. It's going to be kind of bringing a new aspect to baseball as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, now we're kind of going to transition gears a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit of NBA here. We got the new Hall of Fame inductees for 2020. One of them, as predicted, as guest, and a very, very, very good, um, generous um, movement here to put Kobe Bryant in to the Hall of Fame a little earlier. I, I, I think this is a very class move by the NBA to put him in this year. I think it's a, I think it's well-deserved. We all know he was going to get to the hall of fame as well as the other two players with Kevin Garnett and Tim Duncan as well. And then you also have, um, I believe Tamika catchings was the W W NBA honoree as well. But as far as Kobe, it, I, I am very happy. He's in the hall of fame right now. Uh, obviously a class move, like I said, but, it's crazy to think now that Kobe, he, he's gone as well. It's kind of sad that all these crazy sports figures are now passing away. But, I mean, when you watched Kobe play, he was one of those guys where you would you would never, ever leave the room if he had the basketball in his hands. Yeah. He was a guy that could make anything happen. He could make 30-foot threes. He could make contestant jumpers. He could throw down a nasty slam dunk. And he was also a slam dunk champion as well, I believe. But I, it's, 
I'm kind of speechless still about that Kobe's not with us anymore. Now, like, they have all the memorial videos and stuff still on the internet, and now with him in the Hall of Fame, it's it's crazy to still think that, that, that the whole thing happened, but I think Kobe Bryant well-deserved an early induction into the, into the NBA Hall of Fame, and he definitely deserves to be there. I mean, even so, I feel like even if he was alive, I feel like he'd get it this year as well, just by how good of a player is and how much he's done outside of the game of basketball. I mean, he's he's furthered the publicity for WNBA basketball. He's been an advocate for uh, you know women's rights in sports and stuff as well. And I mean, it's crazy because just I mean, just yesterday it feels like he scored that eighty-one point game, but we were about six or seven when that happened, mm-hmm. which is. It's insane. It's because you just think about all these, all these things that when you were growing up, you saw him do, and just how much of a, how much of an impact he had when just on the world of sports, and how much you think about, about how much I think about sports as well. Just for played a big impact on about how much I like, how much I love to play basketball and stuff like that, and it's very well deserved. I mean, but I mean, it's, I'm I'm really happy that he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he is well deserved to be in that Hall of Fame, especially early on, like like Brandon was saying. That's real. It's it's deserved. I mean, he inspired people. He didn't just play basketball, just like how Al Kaylan didn't really just play baseball. He inspired the city of Detroit. Mm-hmm. He uh he inspired the WNBA for one, like you mentioned, and I don't know. One of his quotes is about inspiration and like trying to inspire as many people doing everything that you do instead of just playing the game of basketball. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's crazy good at competing and crazy athletic, but again, what he did off the court is almost, if not just as unheard of as what he did on the court. Yeah. I absolutely. 100, 100%. And one thing that we've learned from Kobe is, kind of more of a world adopted idea of this Mamba mentality as well, where you, you can put your mind to anything. You can do whatever you want to do. You have, you have the idea that you can do anything with the right mindset. And I mean, there was times where we watched games. I'm, I'm thinking of the, the Raptors game a while ago, this really well famous, I believe the Lakers were down like three uh, with about half a minute to go. Kobe had the ball in his hands. He he was stuck. He pump faked th- like twice and then pulled up over the defender, knocked down a three, and then they, the Raptors end up scoring. He goes down, gets the ball, hits another three. Then they go get another bucket, and then he comes back again, knocks another three to tie it. It was just he was always a guy that would say, we can win no matter the situation we're in. He would deliver, he would get the ball in his hands, and he'd make stuff happen. And just the last game of his career, if that's not icing on the cake, I don't know what is. I mean, they were losing the game. He's got the ball in his hands. He takes over like he always did and ends up winning the game with a 60-point performance. I mean, just that game alone is crazy enough that we'll remember, but how many other crazy moments do we have still with Kobe? Obviously, Joey brought up the 81-point game as well. Then he also got the the game winner he had where I believe he banked it in over uh, Dwayne Wade as well. There's just so many memories that of Kobe's legacy that will live on way past this Hall of Fame um, inductee. Yeah. I mean, other guys that were inducted with him as well was Tim Duncan for the uh... – for the Spurs, very deserving. I mean, he had a lot of – he's a guy who, you know, you wouldn't think would be super great at basketball, but he won rings with Spurs, five-time NBA champ with Pop, uh, three-time finals MVP, 15-time All-Star. I mean, Kevin Garnett as well gets inducted. He was MVP as well, um, 2002-2003 All-Star MVP, 2003 overall MVP. Uh, these guys just really deserve it. I mean, Tim Duncan – I mean, you, I've seen him where they played – I think it was the, the big three heat, right, when they had those – like those back to – or those rematch uh, finals. And, you know, you wouldn't think that uh, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh would be able to get beat, but Tim Duncan did it with him, Tony Parker, and Mono Ginobili, guys you wouldn't think will be able to do much. But, I mean, Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett, very deserving. Yeah, for sure. I mean, 
Tim Duncan is kind of went as one of those guys where he's kind of almost the, the anti-Kobe. He really wasn't this flashy guy making all these plays, doing all these crazy things, but he was one of the greatest fundamental basketball players that we've ever seen. His nickname is super appropriate, the big fundamental. I mean, the, the guy was a 15-time all-defensive player. I well, you, you like that analogy? The big fundamental. That's literally his nickname, though. I know, it is. It, I'm not kidding. That's what it is. That's the funny thing. But it, it's super appropriate. I mean, it's he was one of those guys that played the game the way it was always played. He was a fundamentals first guy, not really flashy, but he was a guy that would always help a team just deliver when they needed to, especially in the finals. I mean, he has three finals MVPs. That's That of itself is crazy. I mean, kind of comparing it with – Kevin Garnett a little bit. Um, they call him the big ticket. Yeah, that's kind of his nickname, but he was one of the, he was kind of more a little bit opposite. He was kind of more of the flashy guy, but they were still both great defensive players. I mean, between the two of them, you got third or uh, 27 all defensive um, team honorees right there. Both of them were MVPs. It's just crazy to think like these guys are just so good, but Sometimes they get overshadowed a little bit because we still got LeBron and now we got Steph and KD and all these new upcoming guys that we think about a lot where there was a lot of great players that we've kind of passed over like Tim Duncan, like Kevin Garnett and all these other players that they were just guys where they played the game that like you could say the right way, but more kind of the fundamental way. But they were still fantastic basketball players. Both of them are NBA Finals champs. Both have rings. Um, they, they were just phenomenal basketball players. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy because these are the guys we woke up with. I mean, when Kevin Garnett was was on the Celtics with that, uh, what was it, Paul Pierce and Rajon Rondo combo, that oh, was yeah. like they they basically were like the Harlem Globetrotters, but in the NBA. I mean, their their opening tip offs they were creative with that. They they made it so it was fun to watch basketball. And I mean, Kevin Garnett shows a lot of he he's a guy that produced a lot of memories for a lot of fans and was just a really good guy to watch. I mean, the big ticket he he was one of the main reasons that a lot of people came to play. That's why I mean, he put he put people in the seats. He made sure that everyone was watching the game. Yeah, like for sure. Like we, we can we can talk all enough about the stats that these guys put together, and like they're they're phenomenal. I mean, Kevin Garnett basically averaged a double double for his career, as well as Tim Duncan, both of them. But the big big reason that they're in the Hall of Fame so fast is not just because they played basketball well. It's because they inspired people. I mean, there was a lot of people that they loved to watch Kobe and they loved to watch LeBron. But there was a lot of guys that were that were growing up, like that were wanting to be big men. They wanted to be the big center in the NBA. And they looked up to these guys. They looked up to Tim Duncan. They looked up to Kevin Garnett and all these, these great players because that's who they, they watched during this time. I mean, if you took a survey with all the NBA players that are in the league now, how many of them would say, yeah, I grew up watching Kevin Garnett. I grew up watching Tim Duncan. Some of them even played yeah. against them still. And it's just where we just absolutely have to realize that these guys are so much better than they are given credit for just because they weren't those flashy guys that we're used to seeing now. It what well, We should embrace that these guys played incredible careers. They should get the Hall of Fame for sure. And the, that we should definitely be grateful that these guys were in the NBA and we were fortunate enough yeah. to watch them. Agreed. But now, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what do you want? What are you going to say, Hunter? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, sorry about that. No, there's been a pretty clear common theme between Al Kaline, KD, and Kobe Bryant. Just all like the big name players, honestly, that we're all talking about that like for all you listeners out there yeah it's important to be athletic in the game of professional sports but like your ability to inspire will long live after your ability to be athletic you'll only be athletic till maybe age of 45 if you're completely lucky and I guess taking your vitamins every day but like 
your ability to inspire lives long after your actual athletic career. And like they're mentioning, growing up watching even like Major League Baseball players, Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, big name players. Yeah, they were good at the sport, but they weren't good at the sport past the age of 45, really. Their ability to inspire through playing the game and long after playing the game has taught the watchers of professional sports how important it is to be that type of person. Like, yeah, it's cool and all to be athletic, but you're not going to have that your exactly, whole life. Exactly, yeah. I mean, you Absolutely. see, I mean, we've seen guys, I mean, we have players and uh, pro athletes that have inspired us that we think are, are more than people, you know, like we just think that they're so out of, yeah, they're, they're so out of Superheroes. reach. Like they don't, they don't seem like people, but when it comes down to it, you have guys like Kobe and, Tim and Al Kaline and stuff that go out of their way to to inspire people and make it so that when they have a chance to either make someone's day or when they have a chance to make a difference, they do that. And like, I think that's what sets apart a lot of these people that just go into the Hall of Fame for a lot of different sports. They they do more beyond basketball, even when they're retired, in in the league. They do more. They do more than just play the game. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. That that those are absolutely phenomenal points from both of you guys. I mean, the fact is that a lot of these guys, they're icons for what they do off the floor as well. I mean, we've been talking about on the floor a lot, but off the floor, it's it's just been one of the those reasons that we remember them is they've done all of these things off the floor and. I mean, there's other guys that have been doing – they've done phenomenal stuff in their sports careers as well, like Dikembe Mutombo, for an example. He was one of the guys that kind of really got the, the Make-A-Wish Foundation kind of going for professional sports as well. You got other guys too, like Peyton Manning. Obviously, he's got, he does a lot of charity back home in, um, in um, Tennessee. But a lot of these guys do so much like charity work now that there's a lot of great characters in the NBA that – or they have a lot of these just figures that show you can be more than just a great basketball player. You can be an influence and inspiration to the younger generation. And that's, in my opinion, that's absolutely more worth it than getting a couple of drinks. Exactly. I completely agree with that. Yeah, like it's the quote by Babe Ruth. I mean, heroes get remembered, but legends never got die. These guys are legends. They're, They'll always. It doesn't matter how long, as long as sports are around, these guys are going to get remembered. No one's going to forget about them, and their one their influence is going to stick around forever. For sure, and yeah, that it is for sure, indeed. And now we're kind of getting into our last topic. Now that we're kind of on the subject with these big name athletes, the NFL just came out with the the all decade team, basically the best team they could possibly assemble for for their successes from 2010 to 2019. And there's a lot of big names on there. We'll kind of start with the, the offense here a little bit. We've got quarterbacks. Obviously, Tom Brady's on that list. And there's one name on here that I'm a little on edge with, and the second quarterback's Aaron Rodgers. And the reason I, <laughs> and the reason I say that is – Aaron Rodgers is a, a fantastic quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but should there be a little more support for having Drew Brees in that spot? Ooh, that's interesting. And that was the guy that I was actually going to talk about because I don't know about Aaron Rodgers too much. I think Drew Brees had a better 10-year span than Aaron Rodgers. Like, for example, I pulled up the stats earlier in – 2010 through 2019 actually don't worry about 2019 because he had a yeah yeah short season so five of those nine years he led the nfl in yards and four of those 10 years in completions which is pretty crazy honestly there's what there's 32 teams or is there 30 nfl teams i get that confused in baseball okay yeah with 32 teams drew Brees somehow isn't better than Aaron Rodgers and like 
Go Aaron Rodgers. He demolishes the Lions a lot of the time. So what? Yeah. It's the Lions. But it's the Drew Lions, Brees. though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that, take that for granted. <laughs> he he had – I mean, he just had the most yards, which in my perspective from watching football, I like watching Hail Mary passes and stuff like what Aaron Rodgers would mm-hmm. do. But Drew Brees, from my point, point of view, he just more consistently – yeah, I guess had those hail marys or had those longer completed passes. I mean, which also are more he fun had that he had that ninety-seven yeah, percent sure. completion game, where I think he went eight, eighteen for nineteen or nineteen for twenty. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, if was that yeah. after? I think that was after he came back from uh, the broken was it the broken hand or whatever, or was that before? Um, I believe um, I, um, I I don't know. I believe it was. I believe it was before, but, but I, I could mean, be wrong, either way, that's just ridiculous. Against a, against any, it doesn't even matter if it's a bad NFL team. I forgot who it's against, but even against any NFL caliber team, to throw a ninety-seven percent completion rate, especially by doing more than ten passes, Drew, I feel like that's one of the biggest. That's one of the biggest. Yeah, that's and that's one of the. I think he really got snuffed out of this list because I think he he deserves it more than Aaron Rodgers, but. Yeah, and obviously Aaron Rodgers had the Super Bowl in 2011, and you got to think that's got to be a a pretty big factor because, I mean, we're comparing stats right now, and everyone's probably thinking, oh, my gosh, like how did Drew Brees, like, get stubbed? And then it's like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers won the 2011, like, Super Bowl, but don't don't forget Drew Brees won the Super Bowl literally the year before that in 2010 when I believe it was uh, – <laughs> look up here yes it was um I believe, uh, 44 i believe it was um i i am really lost on my numbers right now but um yeah he, i mean he he won that super bowl in 2010 so they both have equal championships so honestly like i i don't i don't really know how drew Brees was not on this list I mean, neither do i but when you look at other guys i mean I've, i mean i really don't know who else would get i mean travis kelsey i feel like he had a couple good years with Kansas City, and I feel like that's one of the main reasons he's on here is because of his, like, pretty good past three years that he's been playing. But I'm more surprised to see Joe Staley on here. I mean, he's a Rockford native uh, from from the men, you know. I mean, he was around, he's been around since we were – I mean, we he went to Rockford when, uh, when we were around too. So, I mean, I just kind of like to see one of those local guys that – I mean, I have – I've never seen him play, but, you know, he's just from Rockford. I mean, that's pretty close to home to see one of those guys who are from year from where you're from to get to the big stage. Yeah, it's super, super cool to see a local guy that we know on this list. I mean, obviously, um, they're oh, um, Joe Berger or Berger. I'm, I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, but he's from he's from New Ago, <laughs> and I, I kind of wish he was on this list, but I don't think he he's definitely not the caliber guy that would make this list, but. Like, like you said, a lot of the, a lot of these guys are, they're pretty like respectable. Like we're not throwing anybody off this list for say, for sure. Like Adrian Peterson. Yeah. He's, he's kind of aged now, but what he used to do in the early 2010s was absolutely just mind boggling. Like he should definitely be on this list. Thus having his unanimous selection for sure. I mean, Marshawn Lynch, LaShawn McCoy and Frank Gore, the other running backs, all those guys are just super good. And, I a lot of people are saying like why why aren't like these guys like Christian McCaffrey and like Le'Veon Bell on there and I think people aren't really realizing like all decade that's how you pre or perform from 2010 to 2019 and these guys are pretty much coming in the NFL that these guys are bringing up now like McCaffrey and like Le'Veon Bell those guys didn't start really until 2015 and later so you can't really you can't really more put their athletic mm-hmm. and their all their stats on right now compared to how these guys have performed all decade long for say and especially why we bring guys like calvin johnson in the mix as well i mean obviously he kind of left the league a little earlier yeah. than expected i mean i'm very sad about that but anyway like he was still one of the receivers that you were just like, oh, yeah, he's going to make the Hall of Fame for sure. He's going to be an all-NFL player every year. He's going to be an all-decade guy. 
just because that's what he brought to the table. Yeah, I mean, like you said, wish he wouldn't have gone because he was he was one of the main reasons the Lions were struggling to stay relevant. You know, like he was one of the guys who's going to bring it back. But I mean, there's a lot of other guys on this list that are deserving. I mean, Khalil Mack, he's been a big name on on the defensive side of football for a past couple of years. Um, you know, I'm surprised to see. And I mean, Antonio Brown, he performed really well. But I mean, I just was wondering if they actually consider putting him on the list with the past recent, I mean, situations that have been going on surrounding him, like the stigma around like uh, all these allegations and stuff like that. But I mean, there's not a lot of guys that I don't think are on this list that aren't deserving of it. I mean, other than the guys that we've already talked about, but I think. I mean, there's a couple of guys that I've seen on this list that I really haven't heard of yet, but, I mean, I really haven't been paying too much close attention to football over the past. I mean, I still watch it, but not uh, as much as I used to. But, I mean, I feel like it's a pretty deserving list for how many guys are on it. Yeah, for sure. And um, one of those kind of – anybody on this list should should deserve it, really, in our opinion. We're just trying to trying to explain, like, who really should yeah. be more deserving to receive it? And one of one of those guys there's been a lot of talks about is Darrell Revis is on this list, and a lot of people are saying why is Akeem Talib not on this list? Akeem Talib took notice to it. He put he put an SMH on on that um, that photo that they sent out. But there's it's still just kind of you should be very honored to be on this list, yeah. no doubt about it. But. Some some of the guys we believe that should be more. That's just because we want to give them the recognition they deserve. Because I mean, don't give us wrong. Like Aaron Rodgers, uh, Darrell Rivas. These guys are fantastic football players. The reason that they're on this list is they've been one of the best in this decade. We're just trying to show you guys. Oh yeah, don't forget about these guys like Akib Talib, like Drew Brees. That hey, these guys are still really good too, and they could have easily made it on this list as well. Definitely, yeah. But for sure, like highlighting some of the defensive players, J.J. Watt is on there, well-deserving. Aaron Donald. I mean, Aaron Donald hasn't been playing that long, per se, but still very much worthy of this list, especially for what he's kind of transformed the defensive tackle position with his fast hands, his quick um, his quick moves, his power moves as well. He's got a great arsenal of pass rushing moves that he has in his bag there. But, I mean, Luke Keekley as well I – mean, Bobby Wagner, line, those linebackers, as well as Von Miller and Khalil Mack, like you put earlier. These guys are still these guys are still playing, or I shouldn't say that. Some of them are not, but some of these guys that are on this list are still playing, like J.J. Watt, Aaron Donald. All these guys are still playing, and we have fortunate enough to watch these L-Decade players still yeah, that, keep going. Keekly, or I don't know, I'm not sure how you pronounce the last name. I think it's Keekly, but, I mean, he was a guy for the Carolina Panthers that you saw – him play, I mean, on, at a linebacker position, he was just someone who did his job extremely well and kind of changed how a lot of these linebackers today play the game. I mean, you've seen when he retired the the tribute video that they put out, and a lot of these uh, linebackers that are up and coming, a lot of these linebackers that are in the game, they said that Luke Keekley was a, a very big inspiration, a guy that they look up, they looked up to, and I'm I'm surprised to see uh, when this Hall of Fame bit is going to be coming. Yeah, because we know it's definitely be gonna gonna be coming for sure. But now, as we we kind of we'll finish out here with the the specialists and the coaches here, uh, punters, punters, punters are people too, guys. Like these guys are very good. <laughs> Let's not give us like don't give shade to all the special team guys because, I mean, you got guys on here, Devin Hester. If you've never watched Devin Hester as a special teams returner, go on YouTube right now and watch him. This guy definitely deserves it. I mean, the Bears, I'm not going to throw, like, shade at the Bears, per se, but the Bears were a very, very good team because whenever they would make a stop on fourth or on third down and it was fourth and long, you knew that, oh, my goodness, like, Devin Hester's going to have a chance to score because that's what he did. He returned kicks. Four TDs. He was a guy that was like, whenever the ball was in his hand, you had to be ready to tackle him at the chance because if you blink, you're going to miss it, and he's going to be in the end zone, and your team's going to yeah. now be down six points. I mean, he was a guy that 
I mean, I remember I have cousins that are big Bears fans. And I mean, I remember watching games with them, and he was basically one of their only hopes for playing when Jay Culler was kind of on the on the downhill, you know, when he was kind of uh, kind of going to his later years of his career. Devin Hester was one of the guys who was kind of keeping the Bears relevant. Yeah, for sure. Um, Justin Tucker, Steven Goskowski, those those guys for kickers, they're flat out unstoppable. They they should definitely be on this list. Justin Tucker is actually unanimous selection, and actually a lot of people were very not happy with snubbing. the snubbing, you could say, of Pat McAfee at punter. And I I I don't know if he's quite deserved that, but. That's that's really funny. Everyone's advocating for Pat McAfee just because of the character he is now. I feel like he got snubbed. Pat McAfee deserves it. Oh, okay. You don't think Pat McAfee Wait, deserves it? I, I could I could respect. No, 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 no. That's not what I said. I said I'm finding it funny that a lot of these guys are advocating for him because not necessarily they're not necessary let's be honest they're not necessarily all doing it because of his all of his things he's done as far as accolades and stats as a player but just because he's one of the funniest guys like on the air for sports radio right now yeah. now that he's retired no i think he could definitely deserve that's another guy we've been talking about as well pat mcafee he was just he was one of those guys where you were like yeah this guy's my punter and he's a really really cool dude and he was definitely a guy that performed. I mean, guys, he almost kicked a 64, I believe it was 64, 63-yard field goal to win a game. Just the fact that he got the chance to kick that and he almost made it. It had the legs, runner, too. It had the oh, legs. That, that's got to – yeah, it, it had the leg. It was just wide. I mean, I, I think Pat McAfee could deserve it. I think um, the other punter nominee, Shane Lecter, he's just been so consistent every single year he's been in the league and he's been here so long. That's probably why he got in the, on this list. But still, I mean, Pat McAfee definitely could deserve it as well. And also Devin Hester probably should have been unanimous. But that's, yeah. my, that's my opinion, though. But um, with our last subject here and we the coaches as well um it, it's funny they kind of went with an AFC and an NFC all decade coach but number 1 or AFC number Obviously. 1 or whatever Bill Belichick anybody oppose anybody oppose yeah obviously okay. makes <laughs> sense but the other one is Pete Carroll huh. what are really, your thoughts on Pete you, Carroll what league is he in again the AFC He, he we, but they're not like AFC, NFC. It's just they happen to oh, be okay. one of each. But, um, so yeah, there, there's no like AFC, NFC. Uh, there, it's just funny that they had one in AFC, NFC. That's kind of funny. But yeah, Pete Carroll. Hmm. That's surprising. I mean, I'm hearing that, a lot of silence right it, now. I'm, I really want to know what's like going on. That. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh. Okay, Bill Belichick is obviously deserving because what they went to the AFC cha- or the championship game like eight out of the ten years of the twenty ten. Oh yeah, he yeah he's not the but, guy we're arguing. I mean, no Pete Carroll didn't have that like early stint with when like the Seahawks had the Super Bowl and then they had the chance to go back first. Did they go back to back or did they were they lost in the championship or the conference championship? I believe they won. They they had the absolute clubbing of the Broncos. That was like the forty-three to eight game. And then I believe they. I think they might have. Oh no! They it. lost to the, lost to the Patriots the, uh, on the on the one yard line when they should have ran it with Marshall. Yeah. Yeah. The. Yeah. Still yeah, don't know where, what, what that idea but, was for that play call. I mean, but whatever. <laughs> but if, if okay, if Pete Carroll is not deserving for this, who should be next in line? Ooh. Sean Payton. Who? Oh, okay. I couldn't hear you for a second. Okay, I can respect that. The only thing is, is he only... That's true, but what he's been able to... I don't know. (laughs) I just... I feel like he deserves it more because, I mean, they've always been contenders. Like, throughout... Okay, when you look at... The Seahawks had, like, that... I think like two or three years stint between 
when they went to the Super Bowl against the Patriots to this last year when they were like good and Russell Russell Wilson was like in the talks of being MVP and like that's when like they were kind of, they're on the come up now. I feel like they're gonna have a good year again this year. But I mean, the Saints have always been able to stay relevant throughout the whole ten years. I mean, they haven't been a team who goes from what I remember or whatever, but they haven't been a team for that has gone down or like are in the lower parts of the league. They're always up on top. They're always one of the top players in their conference. I just, I feel like Sean Payton for what he has, especially for, I mean, he has Drew Brees. I mean, he had Alvin Kamara for most of the time and guys like that. And uh, who's their running back? I'm blanking on their running back. Oh my gosh! Why am I blanking right now? Oh my gosh! What's going on? It's not. Um, I I just gotta look it up real quick. Okay, what? Who would? Who did you just? Alvin Kamara, and then who's there? Yeah, Mark Ingram. I mean, they had Mark Ingram. Oh my gosh! Was yeah? Wow! I don't know. I was thinking of Latavius Murray, but that's who they have now. I was like totally blanking. It wasn't him. He's got my vote, but. Yeah, you could also, you could <coughs> also me. but yeah, I mean, Hunter, what are which coach do you believe is deserving? Uh, honestly, I agreed with Pete Carroll. Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> fine. I mean, we all have takes, but yeah, I was just curious what you guys like. It's we have Bill Belichick, like he's at the top of the list. Six Super Bowls, nine conference championships. Don't don't even argue that. If you're arguing with him, just please like leave now. I don't know how you could not, but um <laughs> after that though with current coaches, everyone's kind of like similar cuz like you could put Andy Reid there too. Andy Reid has a Super Bowl, two ch- uh, conference championships like Pete Carroll or on, I'm sorry, Pete Carroll only. Yeah, Pete Carroll and um Mike Tomlin as well. I mean, then you also Matt got Patricia, I mean well, all these guys, but, man. No, we're gonna no. put Matt Patricia up there. <laughs> you did not just joke. say that on it's air. It's a joke. Though. I heard him say Are Matt Patricia. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I know it's just funny. You just said that. We should. We I might mean, as well put John Gruden. Let's get it going, well. man. Just put him on there. Yeah, he put. He won a championship in the two thousands, but that doesn't count, right? Oh that doesn't count. <laughs> No, let's put Doug Peterson yeah, in there. Let's put Doug Peterson in there too. He's got a Super Bowl and a conference championship. No, it's that's funny, but that was that was a great way to end the show right there. Great job, guys. <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> but that is going to do it for the day. Thank you guys again for listening. We are trying our best to combat this situation to give you guys more content. So please follow us. Wherever you get your your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, whatever whatever uh, your favorite platform is. But Joe Hunter, it was a pleasure talking with you guys again. That, and I, I yeah, can't wait, wait till we do have, it again. Can I have to have you on a couple more? A couple yeah, more thank you for having me on here today. It was pretty fun. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah def- we'll awesome. Ha- we'll keep bringing <laughs> guests on the show now that we've finally figured out how to do it. Thank, thanks, Anchor. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But um, no, Anchor is a great website. No. Uh, I'll throw it out an ad for them right now. No, I'm just kidding. But um, anyway, that's going to be it, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. And we'll see, see you all next time.